It's Monday. It's morning. And it's macabre. Welcome back to another episode of Monday Morning Macabre. Um, I, I'm glad we have the word macabre in our title because when we get solicited by people and they say macabre or macabre, I go, you're not a, you're not a real one. What are you, some kind of fancy guy? You're a, you don't even know the gosh darn word. Um, so that's what I got. <laughs> I like it, Dars. I like what you're bringing to the table. Thank you. I got a high energy this week. High energy. 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 Um, poggers scones. Remember Bobbenheimer? Uh, you say something about the Goblinheimer? That would be cool too, but I said Barbenheimer. <laughs> if, oh, Barben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what if we were like four months? Like everything we referenced was like three or four months ago. That'd be cool. Just living slightly in the past. Just slightly Just in the past. Um, bought, got got a bid for a house. Got accepted. Heck so. yeah, Dars is buying up all the land. That's I've been busy Mostly this for week oil purposes. Being like, how do you get your Title Five again? How do I, me and my and son JW are looking to buy this oil. <laughs> Trying to drink your milkshake. Only real um, ones. Will so that's get pretty. That. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> Scones, what have you been done this week, baby? Me. Yeah, you. <sighs> Got mice. Lots of mice. Work sucks. You like adopted them, or they're like I in know. your house? <laughs> I wait. Did I did I leave roses by the stairs? Dude, it's surprises. Let me know you cared, Dars. Ah, Josh. Oh man, what a very niche, unknown song we're referencing. Yeah, we're indie kids. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you probably haven't heard of this band. I have not. Um. Why does work suck, Scones? Because they're just all up on me when I want to just be podcasting. They're like, do this, do that. And I'm like, but baby, I got to get them clicks, Daddy-O. I got to, we got to get the ears, baby. And you know how Sling and Dingers has repeatedly cut money out of our paychecks every year. It's the opposite of a raise. Yeah, they, said, they call it a raise. And I'm like, this number is smaller. And they're like, that's how it works, they baby. They claim they got to keep us hungry. Yeah, we are famished. Trying to get that boom, boom, boom. Gotta get that. Um, so yeah, if you want to throw throw on the Patreon, so we don't, we never have sponsors because Patreon. So if you want to make us, make us not so hungry. Yeah, even um, the, the week after Thanksgiving, we're we're just starving. We're starving. Did you make any? Uh, speaking of week after Thanksgiving, you make Black Friday or Cyber Monday purchases? Scones? I did not. Let's get into consumerism real quick. Let's get into it. No, I did not. I need to get on my Remember? Christmas shopping because I. Uh, you know, just get a lot of people to shop for. Uh, I feel like Black Friday is not like what it was. No, definitely. When I was in high school. The, Remember when it was like a thing and it was like actually exciting? Dude, people die. <laughs> 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 the people yeah, no, but trampled now, uh, and maimed and killed and clawed their way to get a TV for 100 bucks. That's just a crabs every day. Uh, yeah, we lived crab lives for one morning a year. <laughs> we were out there living like crustaceans. Getting picked off by seagulls. It was 
bizarre yeah. to say the least. Now they're just like taking the prices, ramping them up anyway, and then discounting them for the normal price and saying that's a deal. And I, I'm not about it. And also, yeah, I'll just fucking not buy anything. And like, yeah, thanks to COVID and the internet and Amazon, I don't think it's ever gonna go back to. No, nor should it. The the violence and bloodthirsty. And also now that I have like adult like spending money that I can spend on like Whoa, tough guy. I want an Xbox baby. Tough guy only got a little hair shaved off his sling and ding his check. Yeah. Listen, baby. Um I own four mansions in Boca Raton, Florida. (gasps) Oh lovely this time of year. I love it. I love it. Scones, um, I've got something to talk about, and I feel like this might be a little bit of a longer thing, so we could just hop right in if Let's you want. Let's do it. All right, ladies and germs. Uh, today, we're talking about the Wicked Witch of Monroe, Connecticut, Hannah Crana. Dude! <laughs> do you have a, like a link, or are you just nah, saying dude, that's it, just like, sick. Uh, <laughs> Hell Give yeah. me some of that Hannah Cran, dude. Han- Hannah Cranberry over here, dude. Uh, so, band, cran-, cran your hands and start leaking. <laughs> Dude, they leaked okay. all over the stage. Oh, God, there's so much oh. skeleton juice. <laughs> is that... Are we... Is this I a, pictured we they were... Like, <laughs> of anyone, skeletons would be as bone dry as possible. No pun intended. You'd think, but they get... All right, so I see them at the buffet, and they're getting all greased up uh, from the chicken buffet? <laughs> The buffet? The buffet. The sling, sling and dingers buffet. Of just chicken fingers, Dude. and they're getting oily hands. Hell yes, brother! And they say it's so they can make the slides work better on their trombones, but I don't believe them. Dude, we need to lube up those slides though, because this gravy train. I'm trying rolling. to lube up these slides. All right, Monroe, Connecticut. Yep. Where where A in Connecticut is that? is that? Is that near Harvard? Is it near? Uh, I is it near? Uh, could not tell you. Ooh. New Haven. I know nothing. Good. All I know is that there was a wicked witch there back, back in the day. Uh, so this is a cemetery insights and beyond dot wordpress dot com. I like article. our sources could, recently. D- There's yeah. Didn't want to buy the full domain. We're stepping up our <laughs> source game here for season five. Couldn't afford the eight to ten dollars a year, so they went with the old. Hey man, uh, it adds up. Hell yeah, David Ramsey cream his jeans over this. Just save that <laughs> cash. Dude, Davey Wavy with the... Uh, how you doing? Better not deserve... Um, situated around the bend from the waste transfer station shared by the towns of Trumbull and Monroe is a small graveyard known as Gregory Four Corners. Wow. The old bear... Yeah, which sounds like a drug dealer name. Oh, Gregory Four uh, Corners, dude? I'll get you whatever <laughs> yeah, you really need, sa- man. He sounds like a trickster. Sounds yeah. Uh, Fucking Gregory Ford. That dude's slippery. He's slippery as hell. That guy's got bones. Yeah, he's he's (laughs) 
He is he's like safe. those safe. trombone slides, dude. <laughs> Absolutely lubed up uh, and ready to serve looks, dude. Okay. The old burial ground would easily escape notice if it were not for the lore associated with it. Nestled on a steep embankment beneath a parasol of trees, the graveyard seems dark even on the brightest days. A rusty chain link fence surrounds three sides of Gregory Four Corners. Heck yeah. While the side running along. <laughs> I can't. Now it's just to me, it's a man. Uh, while the side running along an embankment overlooking the main road is unprotected from intrusion. The grounds are accessible only to the modern visitor who dares to enter on foot. It seems beyond reason as to why anyone would designate such a steep embankment to be the only accessible entrance. Most likely the embankment was not the original entrance as it would have been difficult for a funeral procession to bring a coffin to the grave that way. The southeastern corner sits at the top of a hillside against a backdrop of dense woods. The headstone, they really put a lot of detail into the specific gravesite here, uh, but we'll get into Hanacrana soon. <laughs> the headstones vary in size and composition. The oldest section houses a row of graves marked by a crude field stones and intermittently dispersed colonial era headstones of slate and brownstone. It's a lot of stone. Dude, they knew their stones back stone. then. Stones were all the rage, Daddy O. Dude, stones were like their Xboxes. Stones were like jazz back know? in the day, man. Ooh, anybody I knew, like this metaphor. Anybody who was anybody who was swinging with it. Some stones, I mean. Oh, baby. Many are broken. Darcy, if you could have a house made out of any material, what would it be? Can't be hay. Can't be sticks. No, we've learned. Gotta be listen, bricks. we learned that the hard way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of stories to well, tell you guys. Three small pigs walked so we could run. <laughs> Here lies the three little pigs. Uh, many are broken and sinking into the earth. The center area of the ground sports only a handful of legible white marble headstones from the 1800s. Oh, dude, Gregory Four Corners you... isn't <laughs> taking care of them. Dude. Yeah, Greg Greggy Fours has some history. He's got to take care of his headstones better. The majority of epitaphs have eroded and sent the identities of the dead into oblivion. Jesus. It, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking metal set. That'll be us someday. Our dead bodies <laughs> sent yeah. into oblivion. But our voices will be Immortal. taken by AI. I can't wait for that, dude. Love a little. Yeah, I can't wait to be a spam caller on. You guys are gonna pick up your phones. Be I want a little robot monkey that just talks like me. That's just fed my AI. Oh, dude, we should make robot monkeys that are AI talking, dude, and they can just <laughs> do the podcast for us. And we can go spam. I actually had the all idea day at the beach. I had the idea for another podcast where I feed an AI our entire podcast library, and then it's the third host. That would be. And it comes to us with stories. That might have to be some <laughs> Patreon tent of palooza. Be dude. fucking sweet. Anywho, in general, there seems to be nothing extraordinary about this old little New England graveyard. It's so New in England, fact, dude. It's so New. If England. you haven't been to New England, in fact, there's graveyards everywhere. <laughs> this is no, it. there actually are. Everything's That's not crumbling. even a joke. There are graveyards Do fucking th- everywhere. Are we inundated with graveyards? Do you think other places don't have as many? No, they definitely don't have as many. Oh, really? Yeah, because, dude, we've been yeah. around since, like, the 1620s. Six, we've been dying forever. Those Puritans love their little tiny graveyards. So they're just... True. If you walk anywhere in the woods in southeastern Massachusetts, you're going to hit a graveyard eventually. Yeah, Boston's just the undercity, bro. Pretty much. Uh, 
In general, there seems to be nothing extraordinary about this little old New England graveyard. In fact, Gregory Four Corners would be undistinguished if it were not for the grave of Hannah Cranahovey. <laughs> the grave of Hannah Cranahovey. Hannah's grave site. Hannah's grave sits on Hannah, the edge of the embankment. Wait, okay, hold on. Say the, the whole name again. Her name. So her name is Hannah Hovey. Hannah Hovey, but Hannah Crana was the nickname. So it's Hannah Crana Hovey. Hannah Crana Hovey's grave. Hannah Crana Hovey's grave. Yes. Hannah. Cr- Say that five Hannah times Kobe. fast and smoke it. Hannah Kobe. Wait, is it Kobe? Uh, Hovey. H O V E Y. Dude. Dude. Remember saying Kobe when you threw something in the trash? Yeah. F. Damn. <laughs> F in the chat. <laughs> Hannah's grave sits on the edge of the embankment near the road. Her headstone is dated from the mid-1800s and clearly looks newer than it should. At first glance, it seems like it does not belong where it is. It's so close to the embankment that you have to wonder how the grave site was dug without a problem. The top of the stone is always covered with tokens left by those who visit the grave. Trinkets and flowers are also left to adorn the base of the headstone. It is widely thought that if you leave a gift to appease Hannah's spirit, she will grant you the good fortune you desire and not follow you home. Okay. Thank God. Scones, what gift do you bring into Hannah Karana? Dude, I'm giving her maybe like uh, those little, like the things that, that massage your feet. Or like like a, maybe a massage, <laughs> like something from, uh, what was that store in the mall where you got like massage items and cool oh, things? Oh, uh, um, and like funky little called? things that sat on your desk and shit. It was all like massage chairs and like paper. Yeah, and it's so expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what the hell is it called? I'm not gonna remember this. And it's gonna uh, uh, Brookstone. Brit, not Brookstone. Yeah, Brookstone. Get, her, get her some shit from Brookstone. That way, I know she's not following me home. <laughs> Hannah's. She's like, I want to follow him home, but this, this fucking kid, this massage sick. lazy boy chair, I can't leave. <laughs> it's got a heater. <laughs> she. <laughs> she four modes baby i'd give her that Hannah's or headstone like a, is... yeah a palm pilot from brookstone or something <laughs> sick be sick uh hannah's headstone is modest unadorned by elaborate willow tree motifs or cherubs that so fashionably expressed grief and mourning during the victorian era her epitaph is equally as modest the words simply read hannah crana wife of captain joseph hovey 1783 to 1859. Hannah Crana was married to Joey Hovey? Yeah, Joey Hove <laughs> married the Cranster. Joey Hovey and Hanny Cranny, dude. Like, <laughs> Hanny Cranny. Have them over to any dinner party. You know it's going to be fucking off the chain. You know they went in cranium, For bro. For sure. The headstones and its simple wordings does not measure the magnitude of Hannah's status in the supernatural lore of Monroe and Trumbull. If you grew up in either of those towns, in all likelihood you have heard the legend of Hannah Crana so many times that you know it by heart. Hannah's story is told each year at special Halloween events in the area, featured in local newspapers, accounted in books on Connecticut folklore, and explored in articles on the New England Historical Society's website. Oh shit, Hannah Crana's big deal. Yeah, Crana, big Crana's time, got that dude. clout. Uh, more than a century and a half after her death, Hannah Crana Hovey remains well known as the Wicked Witch of Monroe, Connecticut. Sick. Talk of local lore often includes Hannah's story alongside tales of the Melon Heads of Velvet Street. Okay. Which is a Hold sick on, indie dude. band name. <laughs> we are talking about minute. the wrong thing. I remember one time in my life, Darcy, I was uh, joined an indoor You're soccer team. 
and we tried okay. to make our name the humongous melon heads because it was <laughs> the team name from backyard soccer yep and they said no you cannot that is an inappropriate name <laughs> they what? wouldn't let us be called the humongous melon the humongous heads. melon heads that's dumb so scones and his indoor soccer team uh, of Velvet Street and Trumbull and the mysterious faceless people who haunted an old Victorian mansion that once stood in Monroe. Such ghostly tales have been around for years. In the 1980s, the lore was especially popular among local youths who just learned to drive. Dude, those youths, Only the, dude. Those youths. So, we will skip to... Dude, um, local youths are always fucking with the supernatural, man. It's always dude. local youths and really old archaeologists. Yeah. Or, well, no, what about new home buyers? That's hmm. true. Patrick Wilson does want to give you a call. Dude, he was he was the fucking dude for horror movies for like a solid yep. four years. He was the Hannah Cran of horror for he a while. He was like a little, like a Vincent Price Jr. thing going on. Sheesh. So. By all accounts, Hannah Cranahovey was a solitary figure that many considered a social outcast in her later years. So there on the edge of the embankment lives a modest-looking headstone belonging to an old woman who went to her grave with the reputation of being a witch. Sick. Born sometime in 1783, Hannah Cranahovey's reputation as a witch supposedly began with... Oh, my cat just walked in, but oh, I didn't open that. Oh, spooky, dude. That's witch stuff. I didn't like that. <laughs> Hey, you like that Hannah Cranna. Hannah Cranna reincarnated. Might be. What's up, Hanny Crans? Uh, okay. Born sometimes in 1783, Hannah Cranna Hovey's reputation as a witch supposedly began with the death of her husband, Captain Joseph Hovey. When Joseph's body was found under the outcropping of a cliff, the townsfolk of Old Monroe began to whisper that Hannah had put a spell oh, on him. Young Hove. Yeah, Young Hova took a oopsie whoopsie <laughs> off a cliff. Uh, many presumed that it was Hannah's bewitchment that set Joseph off for a walk one morning in a state of stupor that led him to fall from a cliff to his it death. Prove to me it wasn't. Which is... <laughs> well, that's kind of how it worked back then. Uh, following her husband's demise, Hannah lived in, a so in solitude with her rooster, Old Boreas. Wow. That's the coolest name a rooster's <laughs> ever had. Yeah, there's been a lot of good rooster there names, too. Foghorn Leghorn. Uh, That's a McWing. ridiculous name, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, he was not somebody's familiar. Wait, who did sure. you say? Uh, <laughs> I said Klux McWing. Is that the what's the name of the guy from Chicken Run? <laughs> I don't know. I made up Klux Hold McWing. We've, we've brought Chicken Run up on this podcast, so I feel like I need to. Figure uh, it out. Chicken Select. I think it was like Mel Gibson played him. Was Mel Gibson in Chicken Run? Yeah, you better fucking believe he was. He was Rocky. That's <laughs> his name. Yeah, that's not Clex McWings. Um, so, Old Boreas must have been a very charismatic rooster because Hannah adored him enough to name him after a powerful and mythological god. Oh, dude, why are you fucking... If you're a woman <laughs> back then... Yeah. I'm not victim-blaming here, but like... I would stay so far <laughs> a little from bit. anything magical because the society is so yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah, what's that rooster's name? Uh, dirt. It's just dirt. Uh, what's his, his name? Dirt, dirt Bible. Um, <laughs> nothing weird about it. 
Bible too. I would I would say so far from anything that wasn't yeah get me tied up and lit on fire. So Boreas was the purple-winged Greek god of the north wind and winter. Even in the eyes of the 18th century Christians, naming your pet rooster after a pagan god and living alone on top of a hillside in the middle of a wooded area teeming with wildlife probably was not the best way of keeping yourself from seeming like a practicing witch. It's true, Scones, but... You're, you're pretty much right. I know, but I hate that I'm right because it is a sick way to live. She should be able to live that way in peace. Because <laughs> I want to live that Everyone way Everyone should in be... Peace. That should have been in the Constitution. For sure. Uh, old Boreas' appearance and behavior only helped reinforce the belief that he was Hannah's familiar. His handsome plumage of ebony feathers were as dark as the moonless sky, and many people still surp superstitiously believe the color black signifies the power of darkness. So, on top of his name being Old Boreas, he was a black rooster. She's not gaining any favor with... Again, she's getting favor uh, with me, but yeah, her... Yeah, puritanical people, not, not so much. Not so much, guy. Not so much, babe. The belief that every witch had a familiar is one that dates back centuries before the infamous Salem witch trials. Familiars were thought to be demonic spirits that assumed the shape of an animal in order to serve a witch. As the website Wiccan Magic points out, people thought that every witch had a familiar during the New England witch hysteria. And animals who formed a close bond with a human were believed to be a witch's familiar. Yeah, I would just never get animals. <laughs> yeah. Imagine putting all the work kids in. Kids would be like, we want a puppy. Taking care of your dog and training it. And they're like, ooh, that dog's a little too behaved. Let's just, what's the dog's name? Uh, Real quick. Too close to lighting <clears throat> you both on fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Aside from close attachments to a person, these animals were characteristically mischievous or lively. Boreas was renowned for having both these characteristics. Dude, Boreas is so renowned. Dude. Dude. Instead of crowing at the break of dawn, old Boreas preferred to crow precisely at midnight. Holy shit. Which is fucking that metal. That is metal, dude. This rooster rules. He's so cool. He rules the roost, dude. Holy shit. Holy shit. An hour of the night known as the Witching Hour, the first of a three-hour period during which the powers of darkness were intensified. Dating back to ancient times, the hours spanning from midnight to 3 a.m. have always been marked by a high amount of supernatural activity. Still pretty much during the same. Time, nothing, nothing normal yep, ever happens <laughs> that's in those hours. still here. During this time, a strong connection between the light of the living world and the invisible realm of the paranormal was, and still is, thought to occur. Witch hunters believed that satanic rituals were performed during these hours because the ability to communicate with diabolical forces was at its strongest. Diabolical, <gasps> dude. Diabolical also, is people a great the... word. Yeah. It's got a lot of cool sounds. It's got a lot of pizzazz <laughs> to it. Got a lot of pizzazz. You know when baby. diabolical walks in the room, dude. Like, yeah. it is not shy. People during the 1800s superstitiously believed that roosters who crowed at any hour after sunset were communicating dire news from the supernatural realm. Of course. Usually, as, as <laughs> How else we would I know. get my news? <laughs> Usually foretelling of someone's death to the community. No matter which ear of belief, I was turned to the sound of old Boreas's midnight crowing. Dude. The sound was never welcomed with, with glee. Old Boreas's so. midnight crowing. So now we're on to Cantankerous Old Hannah. 
Of course, Hannah's disposition was also under the close scrutiny of the community. No doubt her cantankerous personality only made her seem even more witch-like to those who encountered her. Dude, Hannah doesn't give a fuck about the symptoms of being a witch. Yeah, she's a real one for sure. She'd be on Real Ones, the podcast, for sure. Sitting there with Bam Bam the dog. (laughs) She's sick. (laughs) No doubt her cantankerous personality only made her seem more witch-like to those who encountered her. She knew that people thought of her, she knew what people thought of her, and she used their superstitious beliefs to her advantage. Widowed and old, she was most powerful in her ability to intimidate neighbors into giving her basic necessities, such as food and firewood. That's pretty sick. She cursed those. Yeah, so she was like, I'm gonna fucking boil you into a stew. she's walking into the pub, spitting in drinks, dude, like. Hell yeah. She owns this town. Old Boreas right there. Yeah. She gonna run this town tonight. So she cursed those who lacked generosity or disregarded her wishes. One tale tells of a story of a young man who decided to fish for trout in a stream that ran along the back of Hannah's property on Cragley that Hill. asshole. Which is an amazing address for a wish. Hannah Crana on Cragley Hill? <laughs> it sounds like some shit we would say. Uh, when Hannah approached the fisherman, she demanded that he leave her property, but he refused. Infuriated that he would disrespect her request, Hannah shook her cane and trespassed her and shouted, May curses fall upon you and your fishing. Dude, I bet they did. So, still, he guffawed her and continued <gasps> to fish. Yet Gave her the old guffaw, dude? Yeah, he was like, guffaw? Guffaw. From that point on, the young man's fishing skills took a turn for the worse. And he never caught another fish in his life. Really? That's what it says. <laughs> Guy's gonna die fishless. So, yeah, exactly. Sometime in late December of 1859, old Boreas dies. <gasps> wow, wait. Rippy, how old was this rooster? 400 years <laughs> That's old. What it sounds like, dude. <laughs> Grief-stricken, Hannah made a final resting spot for her beloved pet in the exact center of her garden. It is said that she buried him beneath the stars that night after performing a bizarre funeral service. Perhaps she wrapped the dead rooster in cloth, lit candles, or held an offering of flowers up at the moon. Many people said that the only time Hannah ever cried was on the occasion of old Boreas' death. Now I will soon depart this life, Hannah said. Most people believe she was stating the obvious. The death of her familiar was a sign of her own demise was at hand. All right. Hannah wanted a dignified funeral procession. Whether it was the supernatural at work or not, the loss of old Boreas did indeed foretell of Hannah's death. In the weeks that followed, many said that Hannah's fiery spirit seemed to fade. When the week after Christmas arrived with a fierce freeze and heavy snow, the frail-looking Hannah rarely went far from her home. As the Monroe Historical Society tells the story, a neighbor decided to check on her well-being when he overheard a low wailing comfort coming from her house. Pale and weakened, Hannah allowed him into her home, and she told him that the spirits of the great beyond were calling her to her grave. That's so scary for this she dude. Then, ooh, yeah, I'd be like, fuck, I just, I thought you needed sugar. I'm sorry, I gotta Got go. Got a bunch of low whales summoning you up Cragley Hill. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> She then gave him instructions for her burial. Hannah knew that her own death was near, and after living most of her life as a feared outcast, she wanted to assure herself a dignified burial. 
I must not be buried until after sundown, and there must be ample bearers to carry me to my gravesite, Hannah told her neighbor. To these instructions, she famously added, My wishes must be followed, or trouble and vexation shall fall upon Uh-oh. you. <clears throat> you do not want vexation, dude. dude. Trust me. You get vexed, man. Dude. Uh, are you anti-vex, bro? I sure am, dude. The only way to get rid of a vex is it or curses. You need a leprechaun in. Good luck getting one of them yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, they are not around so much. Local lore claims she was found dead in the doorway to her home the next morning. Not one version of the story can account for who founded her. Who found her? Bleh. Perhaps the caring neighbor who returned to check on her and discovered her fallen body. Exactly when he found her is not known either, but we can safely assume it's possible that Hannah's death was not discovered until weeks later. Her date of death is uncertain. Supposedly, Hannah died sometime between December of 1859 and January of 1860. The custom of pallbearers served more than just the functional purpose of delivering the deceased to the graveside. In an article about funeral etiquette and customs, the website Opposing Views points out that by carrying the coffin, the pallbearers honor and serve the deceased one last time. As was customary, the pallbearers would not would need to carry Hannah's coffin above their shoulders from her home at the summit of Cragley Hill and across town to Gregory's Four Corner Burial Ground. Dude, dropping the cop, gonna yep. do the drop off to Greggy, Greg, <laughs> old Greg Four yeah, from Corners, Cragley to Greggy Four Corners. <laughs> dropping the coffin or having any sort of disruption during the process was not only just disrespectful, but was also believed to attract the wrath of evil spirits. <laughs> it's like I think you should leave. Everyone's yeah. falling through the coffins. <laughs> Coffin flop. Corncob TV. Uh, the journey was under five miles, but bringing Hannah's body to its final resting place in the winter involved a treacherous walk fuck, over the hillside dude? of Monroe. <laughs> dude, Polly Bearer. You wouldn't do Old it? Polly Bearer has to carry this Polly himself. B? Five miles through the snow to Gregory Four Corners. He's hitting you with that, like, grandpa dude. story. We used to have to carry old women down Cragley Hill five miles in the snow, both Yeah, ways. and I'm like, yeah, right, Grandpa. And then now that I'm an adult, then, I understand. Now you get I, it. Too. In order to carry her without peril, a sufficient number of pallbearers was essential. Dude, put that By shit all accounts, on a dog sled. What are you doing? <laughs> Yo, get Balto in this bitch. Uh, Hannah, Hannah's funeral procession. By all accounts, Hannah was buried in the winter, and since all versions of her story are in agreement to the weather conditions, it is reasonable to believe it happened then. True, sometimes the dead were stored in a shed or outbuilding if the ground was not Dude, thawed. you just had a dead and shed? Some s- Where, like, Grandma was just chilling shed? for the entire winter? That sounds horrifying. <laughs> hey, put, put old Cranny in the dead shed, dude. Yeah, I don't... Like, what if you're, like, a kid and you had to go out to the shed to get something? That's so horrifying. Yeah, you're like, can you get the the, the shovel from the shed? And you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. The dead shed? <laughs> oh, God. So, sometimes the dead were stored in a shed, blah, blah, blah. In some small New England communities, such as Monroe, it was customary to prepare a gravesite before the ground froze should the need for a burial arise during the winter. Stone slabs would be placed over the empty grave until a need arose for it. We can assume that this might be the case with Hannah's gravesite. Being poor and without family, Hannah's funeral procession must have lacked pomp and frills. As was customary, her neighbors probably tended to her body and arranged the burial procession. And if they followed the usual custom, the pallbearers carried her bot- 
body in its coffin, feet first out the door, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, on the afternoon that Hannah's body was carried for its burial, the town of Monroe was covered in snow. Practically over... Uh, which practically overtook the men who were serving as pallbearers. They decided it would be too tiring to carry Hannah over the turbulent <laughs> hillside to, Gre- <laughs> to Gregory tired. Four Corners by hand. Yeah. So, putting their own need for ease and comfort above Hannah's last request, oh, no. they placed her coffin on a sled. Hey! Sconey! Sconey! Look, After work's all, harder, not she harder was gone when and you're dead. burying witches, dude. Right. So, who cares? She's gone and dead. But, several yards down the road from her house, the coffin fell off the sled and slid halfway back to her oh, house. Oh, no! Rippy, unnerved, the group of men placed it back onto the sled and used chains to secure they it They put in the place. snow tires on, dude? <laughs> yeah, they slapped the slow, snow tires on oh, that sled. Oh, shit. It's uh, gonna be a fucking yeah. happy Honda days. Yep. Um... So they used chains to secure it in place, and a few of them decided to keep it extra secure by sitting on top of it. At least, this strategy seemed to work until they reached the crest of the final hill just before the bend to Gregory Four Corners. I'm so glad I'm alive when I am. <laughs> this Amen, is so brother. ridiculous. The coffin began to shake so fiercely that those who sat perched on top of it tumbled helplessly to the ground. Haunted by Hannah's warning of what would befall them should her last wishes be ignored, the terrified group decided they would carry her coffin by hand. So, hand and foot Hannah Cranahovey was delivered to her final resting place shortly after sunset. As they returned to their homes, the group of men were startled by a loud clap of thunder and the cold winter night sky became illuminated by a hellish blaze. They soon realized Hannah's home was engulfed in flames. Oh, no! Still... Still spooked by the unexplainable events of her funeral procession, no one was brave enough to venture over and put out the fire. The fire is said to have smoldered for days afterwards. So, they fucked up. <laughs> what the heck, dude? The legend of Hannah Crana endures to this day. Locals speak of strange and unexplainable occurrences near her home and in the graveyard where she is buried. Well- Maybe everyone shouldn't uh, juggle their dead body around and burn her house down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just walk it, bro. Just walk it, bro. Just walk it, bro. bro. Driving around the corner of Spring Hill Road towards Gregory Four Corners at any time after midnight will supposedly cause you to lose control of your car, careen up the embankment, and crash into Handa's headstone. An apparition of a cloaked, gray-haired old woman was has been seen not only in the wooded area surrounding the burial ground, but near the house that were built close to where Hannah's home once stood. The ghost often materializes with her hands extended outwards as she were as if she was begging, oh, man. or doing the macarena. In... <laughs> That's a good point. In at least one incident, she appeared one night during a full moon at the window of an old farmhouse and asked the young girl sleeping in the room if she could spare <laughs> she any could pies for her. put on the macarena. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got Spotify, kid? I got a new one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new dance for y'all. Uh, superstitions were rampant during Hannah's lifetime, and they still are today. Many Monroe residents believe that if you visit the gravesite of Hannah, you must leave some token at her headstone or you will face ill fortune. Sometimes centuries house more than grave cemeteries, excuse me, house more than graves. Certain ones, like Gregory's Four Corners, 
held the doorways to realms where logic can be twisted beyond human comprehension. Perhaps those door, perhaps those, ugh. perhaps through those doorways, Hannah's restless spirit somehow sometimes enters the world of the living and beckons for a token of respect. Give me no, I don't, I get no respect. This is what the the ghost is saying. Yeah, so Hannah Karana, supposedly Bo a witch, Banner. said, "Yo, carry me." And then they didn't. And then she's like, "All right, let me just blow my fucking." Yeah, house and then up. a bunch of guys did like a Three Stooges routine with her body, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, blew her house up. <laughs> so all in all, don't be a witch, dude. Honestly, just life after your rooster dies, there isn't much left to live. Uh, yeah, for. if you've got a rooster and it dies, that's game over. Yeah, you're you're probably gonna end up like this. I don't know how to say it any other way. I don't know how farmers are out here Dude, living. They're out here fucking changing our clocks on us, making it dark all the time. Yeah, they're like, if we keep moving the hours back, our roosters <laughs> will live longer. We can be longer. farmers forever. <laughs> Immortality. <laughs> Damn farmers. Uh, so yeah, if you're in Connecticut and you've heard about Han- Hanny Cranberry and the uh, and Greggy Old Fork Four Corners, uh, Dude, let yeah, us know. If you've bought in- like a bag of weed from Gregory Four Corners. Let me know. <laughs> Reach out and uh, you can hit us up on uh, on hit Twitter. Up on and the Monday morning macabre on Instagram and Monday morning com. Check out the Patreon if you want to support us so we can keep the show sponsor free. Fancy free. Fancy feast. Uh, fancy feast. We send every Patreon member a bag of fancy feast. Um, TM and praise Morbo. Uh, there's fine print. Praise, praise Morbo, Morbo and have a wonderful week. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.